The Old Testament reading for the anniversary of a congregation is taken from the 8th chapter of 1 Kings, beginning at the 22nd verse. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven and said, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath, keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all their heart, who have kept with your servant David, my father, what you declared to him. You spoke with your mouth and with your hand and fulfilled it this day. Now therefore, O Lord, God of Israel, keep for your servant David, my father, what you have promised him, saying, You shall not lack a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel, if only your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me as you have walked before me. Now therefore, God of Israel, let your word be confirmed, which you have spoken to your servant David, my father. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven, and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. It have regard to the prayer of your servant and to his plea, O Lord my God, listening to the cry and to the prayer that your servant prays before you this day, that your eyes may be open night and day toward this house, the place of which you have said, My name shall be there, that you may listen to the prayer that your servant offers toward this place. And listen to the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place and listen in heaven your dwelling place and when you hear, forgive. This is the word of the Lord. O Lord, I love the habitation of your house. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself. And your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Ever singing your praise. The epistle for this day is taken from the 21st chapter of Revelation, beginning at the first verse. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. This is the word of the Lord. 
The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 19th chapter. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Seven score and ten years ago, give or take a few months, our forefathers gathered together at this location for the founding of Trinity Lutheran Church. Maybe not our forefathers in the flesh, though for many of you they truly were, but our forefathers and foremothers in the faith. Steadfast Lutherans who made the commitment to found and support a faithful Lutheran congregation, not just for themselves, but for those around them in the community and for those who would come after them. They did not know your names, but they were committed to ensuring that God's word would be boldly and rightly proclaimed in this community even after they were gone. And now, 150 years later, their vision endures. Many things have changed over the years. The town of Loudoun has grown and declined. Many new names and faces have come and gone. The social and political climate of the world has seen wild fluctuations and changes. The original building was replaced by a new one, which in turn was replaced by the building that we are in right now. Air conditioning was invented, thanks be to God. If you were to show the charter members of Trinity from 150 years ago what their congregation had grown into, what the building now looked like, what Loudoun and the country and the world looked like now, they would be flabbergasted at all the change. But one thing has not changed. One thing they would clearly recognize and rejoice over. After 150 years, amid all the changes in the congregation and the community and the world, the Word of God is still boldly and rightly proclaimed from Trinity Lutheran Church of Loudoun. His precious sacraments are still being rightly administered for the salvation of lost souls. His eternal word of forgiveness is still being given freely to all those who gather in this wonderful building, and even to those across the world thanks to the Internet. For 150 years, by the grace of God, his word has been proclaimed and heard at this location. Today, and all throughout this anniversary year, there will be much reminiscing and looking back through the history of Trinity. 
We will enjoy all the pictures that we have in the fellowship hall. We will peruse the superbly done pictorial and historical book. We will reconnect with friends and share memories with one another. And we will try to figure out exactly how our great-great-grandmother's aunt was connected to the Kramer family. (laughs) And as we do these things, as we go back through the history and think of all the pastors, the teachers, the members, the friends and family members involved in Trinity's rich history, we will notice that they all have one thing in common. They were all sinners. And still today, this long-standing tradition continues. Every single person here, everyone hearing the sound of my voice, every pastor in this pulpit, we are all sinners. We have all broken God's holy law. We have all done what is displeasing in his sight. We have all sinned in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have taken God's name in vain and taken his grace for granted. We have heard God's word and ignored it, choosing instead to follow the ways of the world and our own sinful flesh. We have rejected God's gifts, said that we had better things to do, filled our lives with idols and distractions. We have expressed ingratitude and even anger at God when things don't go the way that we think they should. We have hidden our Christian faith away to blend in a little bit better with the world around us. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. That word of God, which has been faithfully proclaimed here at Trinity for a century and a half, it convicts each and every one of us of our sin. It shows us that we stand condemned before God's holiness. It proclaims that we deserve to be cast out of God's presence forever, condemned to eternal hell. For 150 years... Trinity Lutheran Church has spoken clearly this message of God's law. Its pastors and its members alike have both heard and proclaimed the law of God that we have broken. We have told ourselves and our community and the whole world around us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that all mankind deserves only eternal wrath and condemnation because of our sin, that we have no chance, no hope, of improving ourselves enough to make things right with God. 150 years of God's law convicting us and the world around us, and no sign of that changing anytime soon. Why would we do that? How can a congregation exist for that long when unashamedly speaking such a painful and unpopular message? Is it because we're mostly hard-headed German Lutherans who just enjoy a weekly beatdown? Well, of course not. For 150 years, Trinity Lutheran Church has boldly, unflinchingly proclaimed the law of God and called sinners to repentance. But it hasn't stopped there. Because for that same 150 years, For every time that we have used God's eternal word to convict someone of their sin, we have used that same eternal, unchanging word of God to proclaim the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Zacchaeus, as we all know, was a wee little man. Yes, a wee little man was he. But he was also a sinner. 
He was not just a tax collector, but a rich tax collector, a chief tax collector, a top-tier thief. By his own admission, he had swindled and pilfered to lie in his own pockets. He had cheated people and charged them unjustly. And those were just the sins he was known for. In his heart, in his life, like all of us, he had committed murder and adultery, He had coveted and taken God's name in vain. He was a miserable sinner who stood condemned by God's law because of what he had done and said and thought. And then Jesus came to him. Jesus, God himself in human flesh. Jesus, who is holy and perfect and sinless. Jesus, whose perfect law Zacchaeus had broken disregarded and abused on a daily basis. As Zacchaeus stood before Jesus, or rather above him, the sycamore tree, Jesus could have struck him down on the spot, called him out for all his sins, condemned him to hell for every single thing he had done wrong, and Zacchaeus had done plenty wrong. But what does Jesus do instead? He looked that wee little sinner right in the eye and said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. Not in wrath and condemnation as you deserve, but to talk with you, to dine with you, to change your life forever. Not to condone your sin and say that everything is okay, but to bring that word of power that changes lives. And the crowd who witnessed it was scandalized. They gasped. They wrung their hands. They nervously glanced at one another. They saw what Jesus was doing and they grumbled about it. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. He's going to associate with someone as terrible as Zacchaeus. He's willing to surround himself with liars and thieves and adulterers and idolaters and sinners. They were shocked that this Jesus would do such a thing. And honestly, they were right to be shocked. Because Jesus, being God, despises sin. It is not allowed in his heavenly kingdom, so it is truly amazing that he would willingly surround himself with sinners. But that's what the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about. That Jesus Christ, God the Son, taking on human flesh, did not come to condemn sinners, but he came to seek and to save the lost. Not just by beating them over the head with the law and demanding that we do better, but by coming to us in meekness and humility to give us what we could never earn for ourselves. Jesus Christ not only goes in to be the guest of sinners, but he willingly takes our place fully, beneath his own holy law. He was without sin. He who never once disobeyed in thought, word, or deed. He who is the spotless Lamb of God, he took upon himself all the sins of the world to suffer and to die in our place. Every sin that Zacchaeus had ever committed, every transgression that you and I and everyone in the world have ever done, Jesus Christ willingly, lovingly, took it all upon himself. As he joined us in the waters of baptism, all of our sin was washed off of us and placed upon him. 
every transgression, every misdeed, every single sin that he despises and abhors so much, he took it all upon himself and he carried it all the way to the cross. And there, in an eternal act of love that we can never fully understand, Jesus Christ sacrificed himself for you. He laid down his eternal life in pain and humiliation and agony to be the propitiation of your sin, to pay in full all of the penalty that you had earned. He suffered the torture that should have been yours for all eternity. He shed his innocent blood to wash you of your sin and make you holy, innocent, and righteous in the eyes of God. He gave up everything so that you could be forgiven for all eternity, could be restored as his holy child. The cross of Jesus Christ, his innocent suffering and death, it was all for you, to save you from your sin. And then on the third day, when Jesus rose again from the grave, this too was for you. His resurrection proclaimed to the world that God had accepted his sacrifice, that the price of sin had been paid in full, and that all who look to him in faith will rise to eternal life just as he himself did. Not because of anything that we've done, but because Jesus Christ has willingly chosen to be the guest and savior of sinners like Zacchaeus and like you and like me. And still today, Jesus is our guest, still comes to dwell with and dine with sinners. For 150 years here at Trinity, and since the beginning of time, God has graciously come to his people when they gather in his name. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this house that I have built. That was the question of Solomon. And he was right. No house can contain God. But God, in his eternal grace and mercy, has chosen to come to us, to dwell with us, to be the guest of sinners. And as he graces us with his holy presence, he is far more than just a guest. He is the gracious host, pouring out blessing upon blessing to all of those who gather in his name, hearing our prayers and listening to us and answering in the way that is best. He comes to give us his word of forgiveness, life, and salvation. He comes to give us his true body and blood. He comes to fill us with the Holy Spirit and strengthen us for the assaults and challenges that we will face in this world as Christians. That's the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ that Trinity Lutheran Church has proclaimed for 150 years and that we will continue to proclaim for as long as God graciously allows us to. We will continue to speak God's law, not giving in to the ways of the world or pretending that sin is okay since everyone wants to do it. But we will also proclaim that beautiful, eternal message of forgiveness, life, and salvation that has been spoken to God's people from generation to generation, that by the cross of Jesus Christ alone, by his empty tomb alone, you are forgiven of every one of your sins, and eternal life in heaven is yours. 
To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen.